0: Second Corinthians 5. guess, I want to thank you so much for coming. My name is C.B. Edder. I'm the senior pastor of Christ Community Church. And welcome to all of you. We're so grateful to have you here this morning. So grateful to come before the Word of God this morning and be blessed together as a church family. We've been in the midst of a series all summer long entitled Together. And the title of the message this morning is Ambassadors together. And we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So read along with me in the Word of God, if you would. For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. We make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, the title of the message is Ambassadors Together. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we look to You this morning and ask Holy Spirit for Your power to anoint the preaching of Your Word and to apply the Word of God to our hearts and cause our lives to be transformed by this glorious message of reconciliation, Lord. Help us, as those who are believers in You, to to recognize that we have been reconciled to You once Your enemies, now seated at Your table. Once Your enemies, now friends. And Lord, I pray also that You would cause those who haven't yet believed in You to be reconciled to You. And Lord, for all of us, that we would be motivated, Lord, in this glorious call to be ambassadors for Christ together. That Lord, You would fill us with Your Spirit, with power that we might go forth from this place as bold witnesses for the Gospel, for Your glory, proclaiming the good news about Your Son and how He died and was raised for us. We pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen amen. oh it's so good to see you all this morning. I uh, received word uh, late this week that uh from Mario and Jen that they arrived safely in croatia they've uh they don't have internet access right now, so they're wanting to pass on a greeting to all of you. Just sent a brief message and uh, I was so glad to hear word that they had arrived safely um, before he left for Croatia. Mario was telling. Um, telling us a story about a dream that he had before he went to pastor's college, where God sent him a dream, and he said that the Lord uh, spoke to him in Croatian, and and used the word poslanik in Croatian to him, and it was right before he went to the pastor's college, and it was this powerful vision that the Lord gave him in a dream, and And the word poslanik in Croatian is the word ambassador. And I haven't forgot that word. I said, keep repeating that word to me. Keep repeating that word. And so that word is one that has really stuck in my head. It's the only Croatian word I know. Um, But I was just overjoyed to hear about the way the Holy Spirit touched Mario's heart with encouragement. that, That the Lord was going to send him as an ambassador for his gospel over to Croatia and the encouragement Mario derived from that prior to beginning his pastor's college year and all the way through to him and Jen leaving last week. I had the honor last Tuesday of driving Mario and Jen to the airport along with Damien, my dear friend. And as we drove Mario and Jen to the airport, there was a, a real atmosphere of, there was a heaviness to the whole thing that I was anticipating it being very emotional at the point of dropping them off at the Philadelphia airport, but probably the most emotional point of this for me and, and also, uh, one of the most emotional moments for Mario and Jen on Tuesday when Damien and I were at the house that Jen grew up in in Warminster, Pennsylvania. A very beautiful home owned by her parents and the the home that they were staying in over the summer prior to send-off. There was a moment after Damien and I helped them load all the luggage into Damien's van. And we were standing there and Jen was the last one out of the house. And... She pulled the front door closed and walked down the pathway over to the driveway. And I'm so thankful the Lord just helped me to just take notice of this. But I realized in that moment that she was walking away really from everything that represents the American dream, if you will, in that moment. And everything that was familiar, the house she grew up in, everything. Everything. And when she got to the end of that driveway, I was just watching her. She came right up to us, and and she just burst into tears in the midst of the driveway. And we were able to really comfort her and embrace and cry out to God together on the way down to the airport. It was a powerful moment. And in fact, that was the moment, I, I don't think I'll forget, I was so affected by... The call for all of us to leave our let our goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, to go forth for the gospel, to sacrifice whatever God calls us to sacrifice, to lay down our very lives for the sake of others that they might come to live the way we have come to live. And I am motivated, I am inspired. And I was just thinking, you know, the majority of us, we're never going to get on a plane and go live in another country. Some of us will, but the majority of us will be here in Reading most likely throughout our lives unless God moves us on. But we'll be here and we'll be journeymen and journeywomen in this area, sending down roots deep and seeking to be faithful, committed members of the local church, um, living our lives out in the midst of this world as the ambassadors, representatives of Jesus Christ, representatives of heaven. As citizens of heaven and not as citizens of this fallen earth any longer. Just as Mario and Jen are doing it in Croatia, we are called to do it here in Reading. And I'm very affected by that call. And I'm also believing that God can give all of us grace to thank God for our homes, to thank God for our earthly possessions, and yet at the same time, like First Corinthians 7 says, to... to Give thanks to all those things without being engrossed with them. To where, at a moment's notice, if the Lord said, go, we would go, because we're not so clinging to this life, to this way of life, this American life, this... This, this ease and comfort pursuit that Americans and often American Christianity can be consumed with rather than a radical call to sacrifice for the gospel and the call to be ambassadors, representatives of heaven here on this earth, we can often start to blend in with the culture around us and want to have the world around us say, they're just like us. When the reality of it is, is we are Foreigners. We are citizens of a better country. And unbelievers should look at our lives and see a difference. They see us living in houses next door to them, but they should see us living in those houses differently than they are living in those houses. This is all they've got. For us, we're not here holding on to these things as if our whole entire life And everything about us is consumed with them. No. We make use of those things. We thank God for those things. But we are not holding on to the things of this earth with a white-knuckled grip that says, I've got to retain all this and I can't let it go. We would just... We're doing this. We're living this. We thank God for everything He's given to us. And we would kiss it all goodbye in a heartbeat. That needs to be the heart that all of us have to... I admire Jen's example to to shut that front door and walk away if God were to call us to for the sake of Christ. We can all carry that spirit even as we faithfully live our lives here in this area and send down roots deep. We can carry this I'm not home yet mentality. And we as Christians should not live to seek to create heaven here on earth. This, this life, we are meant to display and demonstrate to this lost and dying world so desperately in need of Jesus that there's a better way, that there's a better country, and that we are striving and living for that better country as ambassadors for that country And not so blending in that we forget that we're citizens of that foreign country. Citizens of heaven. Even while God calls us to be in the world, but not of it. So brothers and sisters, I'm motivated. I I just don't want us to think that the only radical Christianity is getting on an airplane and going to another country. We are in another country. Let us all have this radical edge to our Christianity. And to live our lives here, as 1 Corinthians 7 says, as not engrossed with the things of this world the way that the world is engrossed with the things of this world. There should be a distinction. There should be something different that they see. We should look differently to the world. They should look at you and be able to see this guy's a little different. This, this woman is a little bit different. And I wonder what that difference is. And we can represent Christ faithfully to them. What is an ambassador? I read one definition that a, an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representatives to a foreign country. It's a diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. We're seeing this a little bit with the Olympics. The athletes from the various countries coming into Rio... For these Olympic Games, in a sense, are athletic ambassadors from another country entering in and representing that country. So when we see Michael Phelps win a gold medal, it's certainly an individual accomplishment. But when it comes into the medal count, it counts for USA. He's a representative for the United States of America. And and every athlete can represent their own country. They can be looked at really as an athletic ambassador Traveling and representing their nation in a foreign nation. And we also know of political and diplomatic ambassadors that are sent to America as representatives. And we have representatives sent out from our country to all the countries on the earth to be ambassadors, to be official representatives to that foreign country in order to represent the business and represent the interests of our country in a close personal relationship with the individuals of that country. And so my first point this morning is that ambassadors represent. Ambassadors represent. We see in verse 17 and 18 of this passage, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself. This is talking about our salvation in terms of reconciliation. We were at once with war. We were hostile in our heart, Colossians 1 says, doing evil deeds. We were hostile in our very nature, Colossians says, to God. In our sin, our sins alienated us from God and estranged us from God, separated us from God. But here we see that God has done a mighty and amazing thing, like we looked at in worship and sung about in worship this morning. God, through Christ, reconciled us to Himself. And He gave us, this is glorious, the ministry of of reconciliation, Ben just hit this so well during uh, the break when he was reflecting on Mark Prater talking on the message last week that this God reconciling us to Himself through Christ is meant to be savored and enjoyed. But it's not left to just sit stagnant on our hearts as we savor it and enjoy it. We have been given a ministry of reconciliation. We are meant to do something with this reconciliation we've received with God, and that's pass it along and spread the good news. We've given, been given the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says that, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. This Salvation is spoken of yet again here in 19, where God reconciled the world to Himself. Representatives from every tribe and tongue and nation will be representatives around the throne of those who have been reconciled, the faraway ones who have been brought near by the blood of Christ, as Ephesians 2 talks about. They've been brought to Himself because God. Not counting their trespasses against them. Let this hit you, church. Let this hit me in a fresh way. God has chosen not to count your trespasses against you. I was so affected by this, meditating on this. The word counting can also be seen as reckoning. God has chosen not to reckon your trespasses against you. And the amazing truth of the Gospel is is God has chosen not to reckon our trespasses against us, but against Christ. They were reckoned to someone. Someone had to pay the penalty. Someone had to receive the justice against those sins. Someone had to receive the wrath that holy God must punish sin with. And receive the punishment if we don't receive it. And we receive grace instead. And God has chosen, as 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, look at this love, church. Look at this amazing grace. For our sake, He, speaking of God, made Him, speaking of God the Son, Jesus Christ, to be sin." That's how it's the case that God did not reckon our trespasses against us. Because for our sake, God made Christ to be sin. Even though He knew no sin, and He had no sin. And why did God do that? Look at this good news. So that in Him, by believing in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, mark you, brothers and sisters, your sins have not been reckoned. Your trespasses have not been reckoned against you, but they were reckoned against Christ. All so that something might be reckoned to you. The righteousness of Jesus Christ has been reckoned to you and not your sins. This good news is all because of what God has done in the mighty work of the cross, reconciling us to Himself. Though we were once far away and on our way to hell, as Damien led us in worship this morning, I once was lost in darkest night and thought I knew the way We were lost. We were estranged from God. We were separated from God. And thus it would have always been all throughout eternity had God not done something and intervened. And the good news is, brothers and sisters, God has done something. He has intervened. And He has put forward His own Son as a substitute to die in our place that whoever believes in Him here in this room might not perish, might not have their sins reckoned against them like unbelievers will on the day of judgment, When they are judged. And as as Ben mentioned earlier. They'll be judged. Remaining in unrepentant sin. They'll be judged. And they'll go to hell for their sins. We deserve to go to hell right along with them. But God has chosen out of his great love for us. To reckon our sins. Not against us. To reckon our trespasses. To count our trespasses against his own son. In the place of us. This is good news. Glorious good news that in the place of our sins being reckoned against us, God says, no, my son will take the sin. You will take his righteousness. And I will give this to you as a free gift. You are saved if you look to Jesus Christ. You will be forgiven. You will be cleansed. You will be reconciled to me. All by my amazing grace. Oh, brothers and sisters, what glorious good news that we have been reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, his son. What glorious good news. What happy news we have to tell as ambassadors now who are called to represent this message of reconciliation to this lost world separated from God and blinded to that reality. God has chosen to send diplomats, His church, into the world, into your workplace, into your home, into your neighborhood, into your extended family to be his representatives to individuals who might not hear the gospel from anyone else, but God sends a personal messenger someone who becomes a friend, someone that they can trust, someone that they start to feel like I, I, I'm interested in what this woman has to say I'm interested in what this man has to say and all of a sudden they're in a conversation that they thought was going to begin and end with pokemon and they get a happy surprise thanks for your example ben sharing the gospel i love that about him i love that about you all let us be a church body where the evangelistically burdened people aren't this small group of people that they're the evangelistic ones The rest of us aren't. We're all in this together, and we're all an army rising up to do this work together. In order for us to accomplish the mission God's called us to do, we're all called to be ambassadors. There's no some are called to be ambassadors and others are not. We've all been given this message of reconciliation to represent as citizens of heaven the interests of heaven, the truth of heaven, the king of heaven to this fallen world, in which there's no salvation in other name, in any other name other than his. This language of us being citizens of heaven and this reality of heaven is spoken of in verses one through five in that first section where it's talking about our earthly home versus our heavenly home. This, this language of Verse 10, we must all be, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's an eternal reality that's being laid forth by the Apostle Paul here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that helps us call to mind that we are citizens of another country. Indeed, Philippians 3, verse 20. Remember this verse, Philippians three twenty. But our citizenship is in heaven, the Word of God says. And Hebrews 11 verse 16 talks about that the men and women of faith are looking to and living for a better country. They are sojourners, they are pilgrims, they are travelers through this world, but not settlers in it. Are you a traveler through this world? Or my friend, can you be tempted like I often can be tempted to want to settle here? We have got to take on a nomad-like existence when it comes to our approach to this world. Even though our lives in many respects look very much like unbelievers' lives, In our hearts, being a pilgrim, being a sojourner, is an attitude of spirit that we're all called to take on. Where we live way more aware of our citizenship being in heaven than we are clinging to this earth. Ambassadors represent. Verse 9 talks about So whether we are at home in the body, living on this earth, or away in death, we make it our aim to please Him. Our aim as foreign ambassadors is to please the King who sent us. We are not meant to live here on this earth aiming to please the citizens of men. And the kings of this earth, we are meant to find our identity as citizens of heaven here on this earth and make it our aim in life to please God, aware that the judgment is coming and that there will be a great reckoning where everybody will stand before the Lord. Everybody will stand before the king of kings and give an account And that will be a glorious day for us who believe because we have been reckoned righteous with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You have nothing to fear about that day because all wrath against your sins has been satisfied. It's been absorbed. It's been exhausted because God's poured it out on His Son instead of you and me. Oh believer, happy, happy state that you are in, in grace. But there are many who are not in grace There are many who are lost and we know that the day of judgment is coming and we must, in light of that, look at verse 11. Therefore, as ambassadors, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. We know judgment's coming. So we don't sit and bury this gospel. We don't like the Old Testament lepers who recognized the good news that the siege was over and all the food and the spoil of war was out there for them to enjoy. They went out and said, listen, we're going to starve and we're going to die this leprosy. Let's go out and and let's go into the camp of the Assyrians and just, you know, if they kill us, they kill us. We're going to die anyway. Let's go. And they found that God had put to death and sent off all the enemies of the Lord, overnight, one angel put to death 185,000 Assyrian troops. And what takes place is the lepers are out there. They're eating all the food and they say, listen, we, we can't just keep this all to ourselves. We got to go back into the city and tell them all this food's available or we'll get in trouble. There's this mentality that good news isn't meant to be sit on. It's meant to be sent out. It's meant to go forth and knowing that the judgment is coming causes us to fear the Lord in a healthy way. He is the judge of all the earth. Listen, we should have a deep friendship and personal bond with the Lord, a closeness and a relational intimacy with the Lord as our loving Heavenly Father and Jesus who has called us friends. But brothers and sisters, let us never forget He's the King of kings and Lord of lords who's the judge of all the earth. Let us never forget that we are called to fear Him How's your fear of God doing? The reverence and awe that is meant to be rendered unto Him in our attitude and our disposition, because we know we'll stand before Him and give an account. In light of that truth, we're called to represent, as citizens of heaven, the interests of heaven for the glory of God. Ambassadors represent, point two, ambassadors appeal. Ambassador's appeal. Verse 20. Paul says, We've been entrusted, it's been entrusted to us, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. In one phrase, the word ambassador is defined here in verse 20 as God making his appeal through us, to this world. And then Paul gives us an example of what a true ambassador says and what they look like. Paul says to the Corinthians, we implore you on behalf of Christ, there's an ambassador, speaking on behalf of another, speaking on behalf of the King of Kings, We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Ambassadors are those who appeal. Ambassadors are those who implore. Verse 11 says, ambassadors are those who persuade. That word in the original, persuade, carries a real urgency with it. In light of the judgment, in light of the fear of the Lord that we should carry, There should be an urgency about getting the message of the gospel out, the the message of reconciliation out to this world who so desperately needs to believe in Jesus. These words, persuade, implore, appeal, all should characterize the spirit with which we live Toward unbelievers I want to become friends with unbelievers. I want to draw near to them and I don't always talk every moment of every day with unbelieving friends About the judgment But here's the thing my friends if we are friends with unbelievers and getting to know Unbelievers on a more and more regular basis all around us And we don't carry the urgency of the judgment seat of christ And the fact that they're going to stand before the lord and give an account and that currently they're not covered by the righteousness of Christ like you are And we never get around to sharing it. Brothers and sisters, I I believe that we need to enter into what the Apostle Paul says here in verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ that's been given to us, that we've been reconciled now to the Father, adopted into his very family. The good news of God's love should cause us to be controlled, constrained by that love. Paul says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. We cannot keep this in. And again, this message isn't just for a select few who are called to be the bold ones. This is called, we are called to be a bold church. All of us, every man, woman and child and to disciple one another into this type of boldness for the glory of Christ. We're called, as the Scriptures say here, Paul goes on to say, that He died for all, verse 15. Look at this. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. That is such a great verse, church, isn't it? Christ died for all of us. That those who live, here's the call of the Gospel, that we might no longer live for ourselves. Can I ask you this question? And I ask it right to my own heart as well. Do you see yourself living more for yourself? Or do you see yourself living for Christ? be honest. I think it's possible to be a church goer and a church attender all your life and to be living for yourself and not oriented toward living for Christ. Just because we're attending church, we don't want to get into the habit of thinking that that automatically represents that I'm living 24-7-365 for Christ. That's the call of Christian discipleship. To be all in with this glorious gospel, to carry an eternal perspective that keeps the judgment day in view and looks out at the world and as Ben mentioned earlier, recognizes that every one of us are going to spend an eternity in either heaven or hell. Who's carrying that? I think we tend to float through life. Even many professing believers, we float. We want to push that to the background. It's it's almost like too painful for us to deal with. And so we amuse ourselves with entertainment and amuse ourselves. Meanwhile, that's not stopping the judgment day from coming. And we all need to wake up and recognize that we are called to live differently into a radical discipleship and a radical ambassadorship in following the Lord. Because we only have one short life to live here as God's representatives here on earth. And may God give us grace to be good and faithful ambassadors for His glory who persuade, implore, and appeal that people would be reconciled to God through faith in His Son. And the final point that I have is ambassadors reconcile Ambassadors, reconcile. When two nations are about to go to war, it's the ambassadors of those nations that will come together and see if anything might be done to maintain peace. In a state of war, ambassadors will be the ones who come to the table to negotiate terms of peace, ending hostilities. That second definition is the situation all of us are in. Unbelievers don't know it, but they are living with a hostility of mind against God that they're blind to. They are separated from God. They think they're okay. Many unbelievers think that they're okay. I heard one Christian say that if we act around unbelievers that everything's okay with them and God, they'll think so too. But we must not live as if everything's okay and that they are at peace with God when the reality of it is, brothers and sisters, we know the truth. They must be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, or they cannot be reconciled to God at all. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ and His shed blood on the cross. I was so blessed at the five-day club down in the south side of the city of Reading, the wonderful outreach this past week, where many servants from our church participated. So thankful for Lewis and Esther Centron and Jason and Julie White, and so many others that were reaching out into the city. Those two couples live in that city. Their burden is to see that city and the neighborhoods around it reached for Jesus Christ. And they sang a precious song with the children. There's only one way to get to heaven. We need to have that driven down deep into our hearts again and again and again. And remember that Christ is the only way to heaven. No one comes to the Father, John 14, 6 says, except through Him. And we have been entrusted, the Word of God says, with the message of reconciliation. How marvelous that God would entrust to us, those whom He's reconciled, with the very message that He reconciled us to Himself with. To go and proclaim and to be His representatives so that others might be reconciled to Him. We are meant to represent His truth. We are meant to represent His character and His heart. And we must make it our aim to do everything we can to help unbelievers come to know That they are not all right with God and that they must believe in Jesus Christ in order to be brought near to God. I can't recall many a funeral, even of unbelievers, where it's not said of the person at their eulogy, we know they're all with God now. Brothers and sisters, People believe it. if there's a heaven, I'll certainly be there in heaven amongst those who are there, typically. They have no idea. They are going blindly over the cliff. And God has put His church in the midst of this fallen world to be ambassadors to say, listen, no, listen, you are not going to a better place when you die, when you die in your sin. You will be judged. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. And I implore you, be reconciled to Him. That message is a message of love. Yes, it confronts. Yes, it will definitely take courage for us. But church, we must pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us. That God might grant unto us boldness. That we might be faithful representatives for his glory i'm so affected by what ben mentioned related to the invites can i encourage you pick up a handful of them on your way out put them in your wallet put them in your purse and even more importantly let's be quick on the draw to break them out of our purse to break them out of our wallet And to scatter the seed of the gospel far and wide. I love this invite because it's not just an invite to our church, but more importantly, it has the gospel on the back. And we designed it intentionally because we care more about people getting saved and being added into the kingdom of heaven than we do about people being added to our church. And we are burdened that people get saved. This can be a tool. Every one of us are called to reach out. May God give us grace to be ministers of reconciliation faithfully. I know this is a little bit more of a graphic illustration. But we tend to think everybody's kind of, everybody's okay. And the unbelievers around me, they're pretty nice people as well. And, you know, I I know some unbelievers are actually nicer than some some believers I know. And so what's really the problem here? And we can forget the darkness and we can forget the just absolute ravaging of sin and Satan in this world. Until a story like last week with the murder-suicide that came up in an affluent neighborhood in this area reminded us that as you drive through these neighborhoods and as you drive around here, let us not slumber and let us not sleep and assume they're all okay. That is a dramatic example. It may not be as graphic as that with other unbelievers in the area, but you know what? If they don't have Christ, they are on the pathway to eternal destruction They are on the pathway to an eternity in hell. And how will they hear if there's not someone preaching to them? Church, in a a really God-glorifying way, let us really own this responsibility together. Let us do everything we can to really own this call to be Christ's ambassadors in our workplace, in our home. Moms, I've been really moved, you know, just, just over this last week. Tracy Ash had her baby, just got a text in this morning. Little Ezra Harris was born. As many of you know, we've got more children on the way. We've got a lot of children that were just born in our church. We've got children who are fast growing up in our church that were originally here from the very beginning when we first started 15 years ago. And now they're walking around like giants in the land around us. Let us be ambassadors for Christ as moms and dads. The most important thing that we can do as moms and dads is be good and faithful ambassadors for Christ to our kids. What does it profit them, if, profit them if they gain the whole world and forfeit their souls? The most important thing we can do as mom and dad is for God to be making a good and faithful appeal through us to them and to help our kids remember the judgment day is coming for them as well. And to carry an urgency an eternal, and an eternal perspective with our parenting. So that we never just take the gospel for granted in our homes. But we, we appeal, we implore, we urge, we plead. We persuade and we never stop praying for our kids to come to know Christ. And to grow deeper in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. I'll close with this story in relation to ministers of reconciliation. I, me and my wife, Shannon, were out not too long ago. And there was a, a young woman at Best Buy that we were reaching out to together. And And uh, I gave one of these invites to this young woman. And she wasn't really interested at all. And, you know, so I, I was walking out. And I was so discouraged, as probably many of you can get sometimes, just thinking, oh, Lord. I, I feel like such a loser stepping out and just realizing that, that somebody here didn't really just take interest in this And I, I can't help but just feel my soul sink with that And you know what I, I realize is when that happens I start to get discouraged and it starts to cause me to be a little bit more gun-shy We actually had another errand to run after that and we were interacting with a young man in another uh, another area in another store And I actually was thinking, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to put myself through this again and and reach out. And I ended up reaching out and just like, God, help me just to be faithful here. just invited this guy out the church, just said, hey, listen, Jesus has been so faithful to me. He died on the cross for me, and I'm so thankful. He rose again from the grave, and it's good news for you, man. If you repent and believe and trust in Christ... Uh, he'll forgive you as well, just like he's forgiven me. And, you know, nothing special. It comes out of my mouth just like it comes out of yours. It's not like this magic thing because I'm a pastor. We're, we're all in this, stammering through it together. And sometimes we feel like if I can't proclaim it perfectly, I won't proclaim it at all. Just open your mouth and just say whatever comes out. You know the gospel more than you think you do. Share it. Break the sound barrier, as Ben mentioned a number of weeks back. Let's get the word out there and invite people to believe in Christ, you know, the guy stopped and looked at me, and I'm like, "Okay, what's he gonna say?" <laughs> and he, he said, "Look at my arms," and he had chills all the way up his arms, and he was just saying, "Listen, I, I don't know what's happening. I I've been talking. I think he was saying I was been talking with my girlfriend about exploring a church, and like I I feel like this is totally amazing. Like you're talking to me like this, and I you know, and I just started talking to him, caring for him, and I thought. God, I almost missed this opportunity because I'm more concerned about what people are going to think about me than I am being a faithful ambassador to you. And shame on me, God, for how many times I do that. Thank you, Almighty God, for your grace that I am forgiven of all the opportunities that I've missed. Grace covers us for every failure. Brothers and sisters, we are covered, we are forgiven, we are reconciled, and that perfect standing in grace can never be altered, even though many times we fall short in so many ways. But brothers and sisters, we're covered by grace, but... When we miss opportunities, we we can cry out in prayer for the opportunities we missed, but let's pick ourselves back up off the floor again, and let's step out and say, I don't know how this one's going to go, but let me just be faithful to scatter the seed again, and who knows that it's not going to go grow 30, 60, 100-fold through my weak witness. That's how the gospel goes forth not through super Christians who feel like they got it all together. The gospel goes forth by his church that is greatly embattled by the world, riddled with indwelling sin, struggling as we all are in this journey on our way to heaven, embattled by the world, the flesh and the devil, discouraged so often, so busy that we can't even think about sometimes reaching out to somebody. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit pricks our heart, invite this one out to church. You invite and God builds his church. That's how it gets done and he gets all the glory because we don't look in the mirror and say look at how great I am Look at how great of an evangelist. I am No, we say god I was so not even tracking with this situation. You opened up the door and amazingly Holy spirit you quickened words to me that go against even my ability and my personality But you enabled me to be a faithful ambassador joy Thank you lord Brothers and sisters. We cannot stop. We cannot quit The individuals around this area, they might look polished, but they're going to hell just as fast as anybody in a foreign continent is who hasn't yet believed in Jesus Christ. There is a call for us to be faithful ambassadors and may God, the Holy Spirit, empower us as we close to give thanks for the great joy of salvation that we've been reconciled to God through faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. But not to sit on this good news and keep it only to ourselves, but to say, you know what? No. I got to get it out there. I got to get it out there. These people, how are they going to hear if I'm not preaching to them? Lord, help us. Damien, if you and the worship band can return. Lord, help us. Have mercy on us. Holy Spirit, we ask for your power. We are weak. We are frail. Lord, we are not sufficient for these things, but you are. Almighty God, I pray that we would be ambassadors together as Christ Community Church. We would be a church that is an army of soldiers going forth out into the fields all around this area. God, I pray that you would bless us with this quality, that it wouldn't be just a few who carry the banner boldly forward, but that we all would. Lord, regardless of personality, regardless of background, Lord, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ in this church are perfect for the people that are around them in their lives. Oh, Holy Spirit, give them a shot of confidence that God, they can do this. They can be faithful witnesses for your glory. And Lord, encourage all of us. Help us to remember that all the failures are covered by your grace. But Lord, by that same empowering grace, help us to rise up and be the church. To be ambassadors who are faithful and good ambassadors. Eager to appeal and to implore and to persuade. Knowing that the judgment is coming. Help us not to be asleep to the reality of judgment coming. To the reality that in a very little while, Lord, we will be enjoying heaven forever. And our labors will forever be behind us. God, now is the day of labor. Now is the day for us to represent Now is the day for us to rise up and be your people. I ask you to bring glory to yourself, that our church would be faithfully filled with your spirit, to be faithful men and women who are ambassadors for your glory. And Father, now we turn our attention to praising you for reconciling us to yourself by sending your son, not counting our trespasses against us, but amazingly counting our trespasses against your precious one. How can we thank you enough for providing your own precious son as a substitute? Oh Lord, how can we thank you enough for choosing, Father, to credit your perfect son's righteousness to our account by amazing grace so that we are saved from the wrath to come, reconciled to you, once your enemies, now your children, where we will be seated forever around your table, enjoying Holy Communion in your immediate presence forever in heaven, but even right now in the Spirit, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Oh, the blessings of this glorious gospel, God, help us to share it far and wide. Help us, Lord God, not to keep this good news to ourselves, but to be faithful, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's all stand and praise God and say thank you to him for reconciling us to himself through his Son. Glory be to God.
1: verse 14 says for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised. I, I was convicted by that question. Are you living for yourself or are you living for Christ? We are covered by the blood of Christ, but as we seek to follow Christ, where is, it, where is the answer? I'm, I'm living for myself in this area. I'm not living for Christ. I'm living for me. Maybe, as CB said, it's just that fear of man. It's that people's approval. It's that, what if they reject me? What if they make fun of me? Oh, Lord, may Christ be sweeter in our eyes than people's approval. And may our burden for them of where they're going if they don't have Christ mean more to us than their approval. So I'm just going to pray and pray for boldness and pray for those relationships. You know, as I I was listening to the message, I was thinking about just those God has placed in my life. So there's those kind of the, in the moment, I don't know you, but here's an invite. But then those people, those, those unbelievers, God's placed around you and you're befriending them. You're getting to know them. You're spending time with them that God would just build those relationships and, now we would step out in boldness and say, there's something I got to talk to you about. So let's pray, Lord, we are weak. we can live, can be tempted to live for ourselves, we can be tempted uh, for man's approval to be greater than our identity in Christ. We can fear rejection, we can fear. People being embarrassed by us or making fun of us. And yet, Lord, we pray that the love of Christ would control us. That we would step forwardly uh, towards those people because what you have said over us, which is unchanging, would mean more than what fellow humans can say or think. Lord, we pray for boldness, that those relationships that you have given us with unbelievers, that as we build them, and as we interact with them, and as we talk with them, and even laugh with them, Lord, that those would give us opportunities to be able to tell them about what you have done in our life. That, Lord, we couldn't talk about being a parent, or a husband, or a mother, or a father, or an employee, or a student, without being able to talk about what you've done in our life. So Lord, we pray for boldness. We pray that fear would dissipate when it comes to man. And Lord, we just pray that you would give us those moments to step out. Lord, thank you for saving us. And thank you for allowing us to be ambassadors for you. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I hope you have a wonderful day.